coming up on Caffeinated Theology. At least the common culture of the day has placed a gender on angels. When a Christ follower or a person dies, we don't become angels. One thing I like about Job today is that it kind of breaks down the the prosperity gospel. And Anchor Coffee is in North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Discussing theological truths for biblical living. Reviewing featured coffee roast and premium brewing techniques. This is the Caffeinated Theology Podcast, bringing you biblical truths over a fine cup of coffee. Caffeinated Theology number seven. Uh, Today's topic, we are discussing a a topic that can be a bit of a difficult one, uh, especially if you're trying to navigate outside of the realm of Scripture, and that is the topic of angels. Now, without fail, if we're talking or discussing the topic of angels, uh, we are no doubt going to talk about and discuss uh, demons and those type of spirits. Uh, that's kind of par for the course um, when we discuss those type matters, Uh, people are just naturally, they just naturally gravitate to things that are unknown, uh, supernatural, and of course the angelic hosts have a certain bit of a, of a, an enigma, you know, kind of an enigma attached to it, Uh, and certainly folks would gravitate uh, to, to looking into angels, Uh, and I think that's good for our podcast here because we're discussing things that are under the character and nature of God. So we've talked about creation and uh, evolution. We talked about the Word of God. Uh, and all of these things are part of the character of God. And as far as God's creation today and next week also, we're going to talk about the agents of God. Today is going to be angels. And next week we'll discuss the uh, human nature, of uh, the nature of man. So a little bit about uh, our podcast last week. Lloyd is joining us today. Uh, we're glad to have him. But our podcast for last uh, last week was a discussion on creation and evolution. Jason, what would be your takeaway from, let's say, last uh, last week's podcast on creation? Yeah, you know, we, we talked about how... Uh, there are a lot of you know, or several different theories on the age of the earth and things surrounding creation that really are not necessarily clear in the Bible. Um, and talked a little bit about how uh, you know it's good to to think through and and try to get an understanding of creation and and how things happened at creation. Um, but really, the the main idea of creation is that God created. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that Yahweh of the Bible created exactly when it happened, um, how it happened. We don't know the ins and outs, but God created the creation account, uh, as you mentioned, uh, is about God. Um, you didn't you didn't divulge the number last week because we challenged uh, people yeah. to to read and find out. But how many times does it say God in Genesis um, one? Thirty, thirty or thirty one, or something. Yeah. Right so. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, 30, 30, 30 plus times um, it says the name of God in Genesis 1. So that was kind of kind of my biggest takeaway last week that 
uh, creation is all about God and His uh, His Majesty and power, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know His uh, really His love. I mean, we talk, also talked about how uh, really the second uh, um, act in the Bible or the second uh, story is the mm-hmm. fall. Mm-hmm. Um, so you we immediately get creation, uh, the fall, and then um, God's redemptive work begins, and. Uh, we, so we see God's creativity and His love for mm-hmm. His creation. Right. We talked about uh, different uh, theories as far as creation and some of the downfalls of evolution. If you haven't had a chance to to listen or to check out last uh, last week's podcast, episode number six, I encourage you to do that. And Lloyd, being a student at Liberty uh, University, um, what type of debates do you hear around uh, creation and the creation accounts? Ooh, well, I mean, typically, I, I always go to a lot of people get in. Well, obviously, the most common is going to be the age of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be uh, Christians who uh, like the idea of evolution and try to mix that in to the Bible, which I'm a little bit against just because I believe that you're kind of taking science more as an authority and saying, mm-hmm. well, we have to make sure the Bible fits this rather than vice versa, mm-hmm. um, which I believe that science complements the Bible. Um, if you, if you stick to, you know, using theories and stuff like that. Um, but I would say age of the earth is probably one of the biggest heavily debated, at least with my age group and in, in college and stuff. That's what I hear the most. Um, and typically, um, sometimes I get into that discussion, um, but I typically end it with uh, the Bible is here for a purpose, and it's not to give us a number of the earth or the, right. the how how long the earth has been here is here to point us to Christ. Um, and I think a lot of people forget that when they have those debates, is that the the Bible isn't here to explain dinosaurs. It's not here to explain the age of the earth. It's here for a specific purpose. Yeah, it's so. here to explain we're lost and yeah. God loves us. You sure and, you weren't here last and, week? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this the, the episode yeah. last week just aired uh, last yeah. night and this yeah. morning. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Lloyd has listened to it I've yet. He may, maybe he's I've, messing last with one I listened us, to was the scriptures. Yeah, so. yeah. Good. Okay. Well, uh, stick around. We're going to talk about angels and, of course, uh, demons. Uh, we'll have a few stories to tell as well. Uh, stick around, and we'll dive into uh, angelology, and uh, we'll we'll see what the Bible says. And today we're going to be uh, reviewing uh, Anchor Coffee. The uh, what do we say? Cookie, cookie, cookie. Ethiopian cookie. A friend of mine, Gary <laughs> Buffalo, uh, uh, works with uh, these guys at Anchor Coffee, and uh, we're excited to to be able to review that coffee today. They are um, out of Wilkesboro, North Carolina, I believe, and uh, uh, so not local, local, but at least in our own state. And look forward to. Reviewing this roast in a little while, we're going to brew it in a uh, siphon vacuum brewer, a new one that we got that is a stovetop version, so we look forward to that. But stay tuned as we uh, discuss angels and review uh, the Anchor Coffee. In just a few words, describe angels, and we're not trying to, uh, at least right off on the bat, describe angels in... uh, the biblical language, although we, we do want to end mm-hmm. up there, but when somebody uses the term angels, what do you normally hear when they describe uh, uh, something that is angelic? Uh, beauty, mm-hmm. uh, something beautiful. 
Um, I typically think of an angel as like a, uh, um, I hate to use the word agent of God because that's kind of yeah. our topic. But I mean, I kind of think <laughs> yeah. of that it's like an agent of God that's purpose is to um, come do something mm-hmm. in God's purpose on earth. Mm-hmm. I typically yeah. think like messenger yeah. or like re- someone, something that reveals, you know, like a revealing. Um, that, that's typically what I kind of go through. Right. Um, probably more so on the messenger side, but yeah. you know, I've always thought of like not the we'll hit on this, but not the mm-hmm. flying babies. Yeah, yeah. as <laughs> as, uh, as far as like biblical angels, yeah, you know, their uh, purpose all through Scripture is to announce or yeah. to tell. I mean, they and, I mean, you know, they they protect and, and do things typically like that intimidating too because yeah. always you know, multiple yeah. times mm-hmm. where it's someone's really like, to, hey, like, to reveal, yeah, God's. Uh, purpose yeah. or, or how God is working at that yeah. moment. Okay. So I, I kind of think of angels in the same, in the same way, um, you know, messengers, uh, but we often think of, of angels, at least, at least the common culture of the day has placed a gender on angels. <clears throat> a lot of times you'll see in culture that angels are, portrayed as more feminine, uh, when actually the biblical account is contrary to that. Um, especially in a, in a world that we live in where um, the, kind of this cultural relevancy, uh, at, at least for gender, mm-hmm. is concerned. Um, according, to the, according to the scripture, uh, even though angels is used uh, in a more masculine way, uh, they are predominantly what we would consider to be genderless. Yeah. yeah. And so that is a misconception uh, amongst culture. That is something that culture has placed upon angels. So it's important to find what does the Bible say yeah. about angels. And usually the Bible will say, you know, they saw a man or, or standing mm-hmm. there. But I, really, I think that it's kind of intended as a, a being. Uh, more like saying there was a being there, but mm-hmm. uh, just it, it comes across in the in the writing as masculine. But uh, it's not necess- necessarily, mm-hmm. uh, as you said, just laid out as angels are men or women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also think maybe you know may, maybe getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but um, maybe it has also something to do with the culture of their day. Being that women were not necessarily, um, when they gave a testimony, mm-hmm. the men often would not listen to it. Just, it was just their culture. Yep. Not yeah. to say that was right. Yeah, and we talked a little bit last week about uh, was the term anthropomorphic, mm-hmm. um, ascribing human characteristics to God to help us understand yeah. God. And most likely that's why the angels are described. I think of like the the text of uh, the resurrection in the empty tomb, and it says they saw a man in shining garments. Um, I think it's, you know, say man, just because that's kind of how we can grasp um, mm-hmm. seeing a being come out of the, mm-hmm. uh, the tomb to announce yeah. the empty tomb. And yeah. uh, not necessarily that it's a human man. I mean, we know that mm-hmm. not to be the case, and we'll get, get to that as we describe what angels mm-hmm. are. Um, but just an anthropomorphic way of, of saying it so that our finite mind can un- understand this being, this agent of God, mm-hmm. um, is there um, in the physical form. Um, mm-hmm. We can't really describe exactly what that is um, perfectly, but 
just you know that in that way. Okay, so let's let's discuss before we get into what Scripture says about uh, about angels and, and demons or fallen angels. Let's talk about a few things that angels are not. Uh, things that are often misconceived um, about uh, about angels. Things that uh, things that have been placed upon them by culture uh, itself. And so we know that angels are not eternal, and we'll talk about that when we get into the biblical account. That they were created by God, and the certain uh, in the creation itself. Before man was created, the angels were created with the host of heaven. Uh, they are not all powerful. They don't carry any of the omni, uh, you know, any of the omnis, omnipotent, mm-hmm. uh, omnipresent, omniscient. They don't carry any of the all powerful attributes that God that God does. And Lloyd mentioned it earlier. They're not like the little Valentine cherub babies <laughs> with diapers shooting right. arrows into yeah. lovers. Yeah. What are some other uh, um, false <laughs> portrayals of angels, maybe in a culture that we can think of. I, I think of, uh, like, I think it was uh, the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, when one of the characters dies, they get a little halo and you see them uh, floating up to heaven. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen, there's more. So, you know, that talks, that kind of leads into another um, false idea of angels uh, when, uh, when a Christ follower or a person yeah. dies, we don't become angels. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's a common misconception, maybe even um, somewhat prevalent in the church. Uh, yeah. I can't yeah. tell you how many times um, I've heard or seen somebody post when a loved one dies that so-and-so uh, got their wings. And, you know, just this idea maybe that has bled in from cultural uh, depictions of angels mm-hmm. um, that we become angels when we die. That just couldn't be further from the truth. Right. And really, we try to track that historically where that might have occurred. And I really just think it's a cultural, uh, mm-hmm. Western world cultural thing. Yeah. Um, mama or daddy got their wings. Um, in fact, you know, why would a Christ follower, you know, when they, when they pass on, why would they want to become an angel? When and we'll talk about it in a moment, when redeem, when angels are not redeemable, in fact, the Bible says tells us that the angels look in on the affairs of of the redeemed, particularly in salvation. They look in on it and wonder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, why would why would I like when my father passed away in two thousand four? Why would I want him to be an angel when he's a yeah. child of Christ? You know. Um, it's actually not better for them to become an mm-hmm. angel and to get their wings. But it, I think it's just one of those cultural uh, nice sayings that helps people cope. Yeah. It really is, becomes a coping yeah. mechanism, uh, which really in reality is to be with Christ forever as a person that has been redeemed is the better. Yeah. You know, that's the better, um, that's the better end of it. Um, yeah. Angels are not to be worshipped. Which I think is part of the reason that we don't see a lot of mentioning of angels in the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, because humanity has a tendency to venerate things. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, even I even think of not even angels, but uh, in the Book of Acts, um, when people would fall down, like before 
Peter or Paul, and they say, oh, oh, oh get up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, as, yeah. as uh, finite uh, people who have a limited understanding of God, we would tend to uh, even fall down before man who represent God in mm-hmm. our eyes. So an angel even more so. And I know as pastors, um, you know, not necessarily rep- uh, experience people uh, like trying to worship us as pastors, but it's an elevation, for but sure. an elevation. Mm-hmm. I think of like you know maybe people let a curse word slip, and I'm sorry, pastor, and <laughs> uh, you know I'm not God. Uh, you answer to God, not me. Right. Uh, but you know this this whole idea of mankind mm-hmm. kind of elevating um, something that they view as a representation mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a great point. If we were able to regularly see the spiritual warfare going on around us, see uh, angels, we would absolutely be uh, moved to false worship of an angel Mm -hmm. uh, versus worshiping God the Creator. Well, it's not even... uh, I mean, you can go as far as worshiping human beings or venerating humans, not just angels. Um, I just... It's been a couple weeks now, finished um, Mark, well, some of Mark chapter 9 on the... Um, transfiguration and Peter you know as he sees Elijah and Moses and Jesus in between he says well shall can should we build a a tent or tabernacle for each Mm -hmm. yeah you know a veneration of Elijah and Moses and really uh, the most important figure um, was of course Christ in the middle and you know and the other two disappeared uh, yeah you know saying well Christ is what matters and that he is he alone is to be worshipped. So, yeah, we have a it tendency is. to... Yeah. And I, I think this is a whole other subject and maybe a podcast way down the road, but uh, just on how mankind tends to lift up uh, uh, people a bit yeah. too much. Um, yeah, be- I really, I've been saying for the last couple of years, I really think that God is purging this uh, um, celebrity uh, mm-hmm. Christian mm-hmm. Um, um, culture, if you will. Like, um, there's so many people, so many... Uh, big names, if you will, in Christendom have yeah. have fallen, yeah. and that's nothing new. I mean, that's happened all through history. But it just seems like here lately, every time you uh, you know open up a news article or or reading something, you'll hear about a, a Christian leader who has fallen. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think God is purging uh, that idea in the church of of this mm-hmm. uh, uh, Christian uh, celebrity, yeah. um, because really it's just it's toxic to. Uh, really to uh, to the church. Yeah. And it goes hand in hand with what you were talking about. Like we just, we worship, you yeah. know, like the wrong, immediate, like with no hesitation. Cause I've seen, I mean, how many, I mean, probably I've, I'm probably guilty of this at some points too, where I've, I'll talk more about theologians than, than Christ. Right. You know, and uplift them in my conversations more often than I will, you know? Mm-hmm. And yep. I mean, at least just coming from a, college campus perspective i see that constantly yeah um, we we've talked about uh several times uh you know being in school and and letting theology mm-hmm. become lord versus exactly uh, theology becoming how yeah. we understand our lord yeah so yeah i, I definitely mm-hmm. definitely yeah. understand that all right. all right so uh we we look at angels as they're not eternal um, they are not all powerful. They don't. Uh, they don't possess the eternal, almighty attributes of of God, the Creator. They're certainly not little babies and um, 
you know, cherub babies. Um, uh, they're not to be worshipped. And one important thing, I think, to note is they're not redeemable. And, you know, I've tried to reason through this. Why are our angels not redeemable? Uh, I think of 1 Peter 1 and 12. I'll read that. Because this is talking about salvation um, in Jesus. It's talking about, of course, uh, being born again. Uh, and this whole... Um, Peter goes on to write, it says, well, let's start at verse 10. It says, concerning the, this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the suffering of Christ and the subsequent glories. Verse 12, it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit from heaven, the things into which angels longed to look. And so if we were to, one little tag on the end of all of that would kind of help us to understand and to imply that uh, salvation is not something that is applied to angels. We would say they're not redeemable. And mm -hmm. I tried to reason through this why angels would not be redeemable and have you ever thought about have you ever thought about why angels are not redeemable or <laughs> contemplated the that question no. <laughs> <laughs> I, i've never really um, thought about it uh, but maybe just a little bit but not probably and what, you know, and what would it really matter um yeah. you know in the grand scheme of of things but i do i do think it has to do with uh, being in the presence and the glory of God for who knows how long. Who knows how long. Yeah. And so it, it's like it's like the person in Romans one, you know, that has no excuse yeah. to suppress the truth. They have no excuse yeah. to rebel because they've been with with God in in the, in the glory of God for you know an innumerable amount of years. And succumb to you know the deceiver, and have fallen, and for that there's no there's no excuse for that. Right, mm. and that's the only thing I can really reason yeah. through. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, you mentioned there Romans one, where it talks about mankind is without excuse because we see uh, the glory of God in creation mm -hmm. and God's handprint, and uh, you know, in the book of Acts it, it talks about uh, um, you know God's creation so that we might. Uh, uh, seek our way towards him um so you know that idea of, of just experiencing god's glory just in creation gives mankind no excuse so uh angels um, being in god's actual presence um yeah. you know that, that you know that's obviously not a biblical yeah. uh thought because it's not in the bible but but that's i think that's some uh, good sound reasoning mm -hmm. Yeah. I've always kind of thought of like you look at like the Genesis creation account and how like same kind of I guess in the same idea of like in my mind of asking why were, why were we given the authority and not not the heavenly hosts you know or you know why were we to rule the earth you know it's like and it's like I don't know it's, it's like every I guess the theme in the Bible is like for some reason we I mean bearing the image of God. Like we, it's like we've been handpicked special 
for no reason whatsoever, you know, uh, especially when it only took three chapters for us to mess it all up. Right. Yeah, and like we talked about <laughs> last week, it's the third chapter, but it's only the second event. Yeah. you know, chapter two, yeah. like we said, is uh, yeah. creation so, again. Because so. yeah. uh, I've heard it said before, I don't know, I'm still working through this, but I'm not sure if I agree with it completely, but um, saying that maybe maybe angels and, you know, all of the spiritual beings out there are looking in on like God's using us one redeeming us, but also using it as an example to show it, show his love in a way to the, to the, you know, and then use like, cause I, that kind of goes with the question of why hasn't he didn't just kick Satan, the deceiver out and just completely put it into it. I like, I've heard it's the example given is like, well, he's using it as an example to show mm-hmm. his true character to the, you know, his true nature. Um, which that's a whole yeah. rabbit hole. But. Yeah. Uh, one more thing to add um, to what angels are not, which kind of encompasses it too, is angels are not what you see in Hollywood yeah. right? and yeah. in the movies. They yeah. portray uh, a few movies that I remember. I'm not going to name them, but uh, they, would, they would set the storyline up as the angels of heaven being jealous of of man and and seeking to destroy humankind uh and we'll talk about it in a moment that angels are agents of god in the way that they mm-hmm. carry out the will and of god for the glory of god yeah. uh, not to destroy his creation so uh they're not what you see in the movies i, I don't know if i have seen a movie yet that portrayed a biblical image of um of angels, and that just goes to to show you there is a bit of a an enigma surrounding the study of angels. Angels are not eternal, all powerful little fat babies, <laughs> not to be worshipped, not redeemable, not what you see in Hollywood. Uh, but and we spoke about this already just a bit before we get into some biblical text. Uh, angels are actual beings that have that intermingle with uh, with humanity for God's purpose and I, I, I would guess a question would be asked since the Canon of Scripture is complete and since salvation in Christ um, you know the redemptive work of Christ is is finished at least his resurrection and waiting for his return the question could be asked, are angels still intermingling with uh, with humanity today? And that would be a question that we'll we'll answer in a little bit more detail as we reach the end of our podcast today. Uh, but we we do certainly want to talk about that because that is probably a question that you're interested in and we're interested in too. Uh, some folks would say, you know, simply because people would say that miracles don't happen today, which I'm not all the way there. So they would say, well, there's no reason or purpose to have angels intermingle with humanity mm-hmm. uh, either. But there was a purpose, according to Scripture. There is a purpose still, I think, for angels and uh, some of those things that we've already we already spoke about. Yeah, absolutely would, would say that angels uh, still interact today. Um, if not, why why would we need um, really the end of the book of Ephesians? Ephesians six, um, it talks about the armor of God uh, being prepared, 
um, against the fiery darts of the enemy. But not just that, um, it says in verse 12, um, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So I think that definitely implies that there is spiritual warfare going on. Um, you know, So angels are, are active. Um, fallen angels, demons are active. And uh, and we you know we need God's help and protection, um, living this life as as spiritual warfare surrounds us. All right. So we also understand that that angels, as far as the purpose, was to be messengers, but then to carry out God's providence. And what we mean by providence is simple: simply God um, providing, uh, given provision. Um, I would even go as far as say protection and the Lord certainly would use, I, I would certainly tend to hold that the Lord uses the angelic host for those, for those purposes. Yeah. And we're going to get to some stories at the end and, uh, I don't know necessarily know if it was angels or not, but we'll definitely talk about God's protection. I know I have some stories in my own life and I think you guys do too. Um, so that'll, you know, we'll do that at the end of this uh, podcast. So episode uh, number five, we spoke about Scripture as special revelation. And before that, we spoke about natural revelation as special revelation. And one of the things that we see in, in the Scripture is angels carrying out God's special revelation as His messengers. And what are some places in, in the Bible where where you can think of some very specific places where where the angels are used to announce or give a God's special revelation to humanity? Uh, obviously, the birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the angel appeared to Mary um, and told her that uh, mm-hmm. she would uh, uh, bear the, the Messiah. Um, the heavenly host appeared to the shepherds Mm -hmm. and proclaim that Christ was born. So those those are two, uh, I think uh, two times that kind of would probably pop in, in most believers minds about um, angels um, appearing and and given revelation of what God was doing in that moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So there are places of course in scripture where angels are used to, if not specifically give special revelation, uh, but uh, to guide in special yeah. revelation, uh, for sure. That, to announce or, or mm-hmm. you know, give that message of, right. of, of what's, going, what's happening. Right. And in these biblical accounts, the angels have always appeared in a human form, uh, in a human form, So, which brings up, you know, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, but um, you know, we think of angels today as some type of gender, male or female, and uh, you know. But every time they they show up in Scripture, it's always in a in a human uh, human characteristic to speak to that audience. Mm-hmm. Right, two terms that are used in the Bible in the Old Testament and the New. Testament are two terms we mentioned them at the very beginning, uh, malek and uh, angelos or angelos, uh, which are two terms that mean messenger. They can mean 
angelic as far as uh, heavenly beings, or they can also mean human, depending on the context. And it's only, I believe, a couple of places in Scripture that uses these two words uh, to describe a human agent. And most of the time they're speaking of angelic in, in the heavenly sense. But what does the Bible say about angels? That's really what, at the core of what we want to find out. What does the Bible say uh, about, um, about angels? Uh, there are, in Scripture, there are good angels, and there are, of course, evil ones or fallen angels, and, and um, we, would, we would call those demons or inhuman, um, inhuman spirits or you know, beings. Uh, so those would be demonic, um, described in the Bible. They're talked about as human messengers, uh, messengers in the book of Haggai. Uh, that's a minor prophet, chapter 1, verse 13. And then there are heavenly messengers in Genesis 28, 12, and Psalm 78, 49. Most of the time when we think of, uh, when we think of the angelic host, we, you know, we, think of, we don't really think of it in the human way. Right. In the human way. Right terminology uh, we think of it as uh, you know what we've discussed already there are some awesome images of, of angels in the Bible uh, and we'll talk o- about those as we get there um, a good place to look is Isaiah chapter 6 um, the holiness of God and the angelic host there that's an awesome vision of angels and I believe if there was a place in the Bible uh, that was fleshed out a little bit more where man would venerate angels. It would be in that chapter, uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 6. All right, there's some other places if you want, you say, well, where does the Bible depict angels at? What does the Bible say? In the Old Testament that uses this word malach, uh, which you can find it in Genesis, and these are going to be posted for you to, to reference Genesis 3 and 24. They're called cherub. The holy ones in Psalm 89, verse 7. The holy host, 1 Kings 22, verse 19. That's holy, uh, heavenly host. Um, watcher, uh, of course, in the book of Daniel. It's called a watcher, uh, chapter 4, verse 19. And then cherub in Isaiah 6, 2 through 3, which we spoke about uh, having those, uh, what is it, six pair of wings and mm-hmm. yeah, two, two covering the... Uh, two covering the eyes, two the feet, and two to fly around the throne of God, continually saying, holy, holy, holy. So that's an awesome picture, and that is on Isaiah chapter 6, verses 2 through uh, 3. Well, how about in the New Testament? What, is it, what do we get when we, uh, when we look at a New Testament vision of, um, what does the Bible say in the New Testament about angels? So Matthew, uh, Matthew 24 um, says holy, it calls them holy angels. Um, what's the word, uh, the Greek word that, that's used there? Angelos. Uh, angelos. angelos. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about, again, I already mentioned, you know, when the angel appeared to Mary and the heavenly host appeared to the uh, to the shepherds. Mm-hmm. Good example, Revelation, <laughs> to, the, to the angels of the seven churches, that would be a place in the New Testament where the, that term for angels actually implies human messengers, yeah. uh, where these are, we would say today that those are pastors over those seven churches. And so that is a good example um, of a usage of a word that means 
again, where we take our context, and these are uh, pastors over those um, over those churches. So another place in Scripture that depicts angels is when really God rescues Lot and his family from the uh, citizens of, not necessarily the citizens, but from God himself in Sodom and Gomorrah. And there's two angels that visit into the city. And the implication there, not implication, but what we find is that the people of the city wanted to have their way with these two angels, which speaks to their beauty. It speaks to them being uh, having an otherworldly beauty and character um, about them. And then, of course, if we read the story, uh, that his family was so stubborn in staying in that city that the angels literally, under the, under the provision of God, had to grab them by the hand and pull them out of the city. Mm-hmm. So that is a good example of God using angels uh, for purpose and provision yeah. and protection. All right, so the Bible talks of angels as spirits, thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, living creatures. Uh, I believe Jason read just a while ago Ephesians uh, that said, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and power and evil in high places. Okay, well, we're going to enjoy some coffee. Uh, we're going to brew some coffee here in a minute. We'll come back with uh, uh, a few uh, stories. We'll also uh, we'll name some angels that might be uh, in, in the Bible. We're going to catalog uh, all the names of the angels in the in the Bible. That's going to be a short catalog. <laughs> all right. So earlier I talked about the uh, Anchor Coffee, as you can see here, um, that we are brewing today. The uh, Koki, which is actually a Yergachev uh, Ethiopian coffee. Um, some of the uh, specs here, Lord, if you can zoom in. Um, the region is Yergachev. Uh, the washing station is Koki. Elevation is uh, in between uh, 1,340 meters to 2,000 meters, um, naturally processed, and this is a light roast, which gives uh, sour cherry, blueberry, and black tea notes. And Anchor Coffee is in, I said Wilkesboro earlier, it's in North Wilkesboro, uh, North Carolina, we will uh, link to them in the description. Um, some good guys that run this place. Uh, like I said, one of my friends is part of that business, um, Gary Buffalo. And I think uh, Larry, I think Larry knows Gary as well. Um, and uh, just we wanted to review their coffee today. Brewing it through a uh, vacuum siphon brewer um, stove top. So, uh, we will be brewing that here in just a moment, and we'll give it a review at the end of the podcast.
Right, so this is a Boldham uh, vacuum siphon brewer. Uh, these are available on Amazon. Uh, this, uh, this will brew up to eight cups. Same principle as the Clarkston, or Clarkston uh, brewer that we've used earlier, but this one is a little bit more big. Uh, you can use, put eight cups in it. Today we brewed enough for three cups. Um, three, eight, well, whatever these size cups are, just for a little good taste of it. Uh, this is the Anchor Coffee that we, that we brewed. Um, this hat does have a stand with it. We don't have the stand today, so we're just going to use a, uh, something that will fit right into it. You don't want that rolling off on the, uh, off the counter and breaking. And so this is, uh, has a little handle, so you can pour it right into your cup. Alright, so we'll get a good visual of that. Um, well, yeah, good color. Yeah, there's some residuals uh, to it, but uh, we're going to take a sip of that and drink in our caffeinated theology mugs, and we'll give a review at the end of our, pro our podcast of uh, Anchor, Anchor Coffee. Right, so we had some good discussion already on uh, angels, characteristics of angels, uh, they being messengers, uh, the provision of God, um, relaying special revelation to humanity. But if we were to look at the uh, the Bible, um, how many angels, as far as names, do we find in 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 what we would consider to be the Protestant version of of the Bible, without extra any extra canonical um, biblical text in uh, what we consider to be mm -hmm. uh, a Protestant Bible, um, how many names do we find for angels? Um, if you're talking about angels, two, and if you include fallen angels, would that be three? Uh, maybe maybe four, but I think we're talking about just three. Right. So, um, I, I, I yeah. know in a maybe more Catholic understanding, you got, uh, I believe, like Raphael, and there's a few others that are listed, but uh, those are ones we would not consider to be inspired text. Mm -hmm. um, so we got Michael, the archangel, Gabriel, and then... Uh, Satan or Lucifer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I guess Lucifer and Satan would would that be the same? Yeah. 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 Um Lucifer that's a very interesting term uh because there is a section in in the Old Testament where Lucifer in its context in Isaiah primarily is Lucifer is in its context is the fallen king of Babylon, mm -hmm. and so, but I be, I do believe that it is a, a kind of pointing to the deceiver, yeah. Satan. It is kind of an allusion to right. um, uh, to the Satan that we are more familiar with. So yeah. we would say three names actually given yeah. then: yeah. Uh, uh, Gabriel, Michael, mm -hmm. and then the fallen angel Satan, mm -hmm. yeah, that, so, which is also Lucifer. That, that scripture, Isaiah 14, verse 12, it says, 
how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which does weaken the nations? And so, although this is in this immediate context, for the king of Babylon, this is also uh, and simultaneously a progressive special revelation referring to Lucifer. Um, mm-hmm. we, we know it as the devil, the Satan. So we, we know that angels are not eternal, which means that they're created by God. And the Bible doesn't give us an explicit um, scripture as to when they were created. Uh, but where in the scriptures might we find, let's say, that the angels um, you know, were created? Or, or, or at what point of creation do we find it? In, let's say in Genesis 1 or Genesis 2. Uh, Genesis 2, 1, uh, it says, uh, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. Okay. Hmm. So angels were created before mankind. mankind. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, as we said, angels were agents of God. They helped to carry out the purpose of God as early on as, you know, this uh, this, when the the hosts of heaven were created. The nature of angels, um, we spoke about that a little bit. Uh, they seem to have um, uh, emotions and mm-hmm. engage in human affairs. We see this with, uh, as you mentioned, with Joseph. Uh, we see this with Mary, uh, the mother of, of Jesus. We see this in, in the Bible where they express emotion and, and, uh, and engage in, in humankind and in their conversations. And um, there are places in Scripture that show angels with a glorious appearance. And I think Pastor Jason mentioned that earlier in Luke 2 and verse 9 that says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came among them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were afraid. Um, That King James rendering would be, they are sore afraid. Very, very... Very, uh, Amazed, very frightened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. And we also mentioned Isaiah 6 um, as well, the seraphim uh, flying around the throne of God uh, with six wings, two covering their eyes, two their feet, and two flying around the throne of God and proclaiming holy, holy, holy continually, night mm-hmm. and day. Uh, things that we would, uh, a timeline that we would say, this is night and day, but according to God's economy, uh, Time is of no no effect, so it would yeah. be, you know, it's always, always, always. Yeah. yeah, infinitely proclaiming, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. All right. So, how many angels um, are mentioned in the Bible? We got three by name at least, but if we were to say, um, I don't know, maybe half a dozen angels, would it be more than that, or what do you think? <coughs> well. Uh... I mean, it's definitely got to be a an absolute number um, of how many there are because they're created. But it's 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 described biblically as kind of innumerable, as far as like we too many to count. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, the great multitude of the heavenly host, as we talked about in um, in Luke, appearing to announce the birth of Christ um, in Revelation. Um, it talks about uh, 10,000 times uh, 10,000. 
or thousands of thousands. So uh, the idea here is a great, great number. But I guess you would, you know, just logic would tell you there is a definite number because they are created beings. So when God created angels before he did man, when he created the hosts of heaven, then what the Lord created at, the, at that time was, was it. Yeah. So he's not yeah. creating any, yeah. any more angels. He gave humankind the ability to procreate, yeah. which we don't find that anywhere in the text um, that angels procreate other than, uh, other, the, other than the text that is taken um, to, to when, when folks will project this Nephilim uh, yeah. theory that yeah. angels slept with daughters of men and procreated that way. But, but that, that might differ depending on interpretation. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as we know, angels, uh, what God created is it, and they are not, they can't procreate. Mm. Uh, sp- specifically, the Bible also tells us that they are genderless. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. So we talked uh, about that last angel, um, Satan, the devil. Uh, Michael and Gabriel are two angels, I think, that take uh, side stage, uh, specifically when you're talking of Lucifer. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Most of the time, folks focus on the fallen angel, Lucifer, the devil. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to talk about him for just a moment. The most familiar, most famous yeah. is the deceiver. Uh, Ezekiel twenty-eight fourteen is a reference to Satan that says, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God, thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. And so um, this this could be a reference to to Satan, but probably one of the most famous beside outside of the Garden of Eden is that which we see in the book of Job. Yeah, Job uh, chapter 1 verse 6 says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And then we, we see Satan... Um, um, question whether Job would would continue to be upright and follow and, and follow God uh, if he went through hardship. So, um, talk about that, Larry. Uh, Satan came among them. Where had he been? So there are scripture that describe Satan, and as Pastor Jason mentioned, the Book of Job. Um, Satan enters into uh, the throne room of God, and there are the sons. Of God are there uh, the righteous? We might consider those to be righteous uh, people who are in line with the will of God. Um, it might be an easier way to understand that. Uh, but he makes accusations uh, to um, you know gives accusations uh, to God, and the Lord asks Satan, well, "Where have you been?" And he says, "I've been going to and fro throughout the earth," and it reminded me of uh, first. Uh, Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 that says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And in this case, it would be uh, that the Lord actually says to Satan, Consider my servant Job. 
who hates evil. So it's actually this case, the Lord says, here's somebody. You're going to and fro. Here's somebody. Uh, How about him? Uh, Which absolutely speaks to the Lord's sovereignty. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's my servant Job. Consider him. In fact, this is one of the premier places we find in, in Job, this term for Satan, the deceiver, which actually translates to the Satan or the deceiver. And so um, he was going to and fro, uh, looking whom he may devour, uh, sowing discord, disrupting the economy of God and the will of God. Uh, and really, if that's his ministry, that if, I guess if you could say that was a ministry, that's his ministry, is yeah. to devour and to destroy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of a practical application um, to that idea of you talk, saying you um, God's sovereignty and will, um, you know, showing his his sovereignty and will through. Uh, uh, how about my servant Job? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how many times I've been asked why why did God let this happen, or why do people go through yeah. good people go through mm-hmm. bad things? And I mean, you think about Job. Uh, mm-hmm. Why was Job allowed to go through that? And we don't we don't really know the answer god and the way god answers that to job is were you there when i created the heavens and the earth but i just think about like how many people throughout the ages have read this book of job and and been encouraged by Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and uh gotten through difficult things themselves um, because of this word Mm -hmm. um in job and we don't really know what happens with job afterwards other than we know he was restored and you know Everything he lost, yeah, right. um, you know, he got back. He got back. I mean, obviously, it was a different children and and, and yeah. such. But mm-hmm. uh, beyond that, we don't know. Uh, but I'm sure that that the Lord used that even in his life moving forward yeah. for a purpose. But the purpose that we do know when we can say he's used it for over the course of history is. Um, we have it in scripture and it's been used to God has used that through yeah. the ages. Mm-hmm. And that just speaks to God's sovereignty mm-hmm. when maybe we have, maybe there's a listener who's going through something right now and questioning yeah. God through it. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't know how God is at work in things, but, but we do, we can know and, and do trust that God um, works even when we can't understand it, yeah, and and I think that 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 is a good uh, practical um, thing to you know God may allow um, temptation and may allow attacks from Satan, mm-hmm. but it is for a purpose. Yeah, one thing I like about Job today is that it it brings in discernment and kind of breaks down the the prosperity gospel. Right. That God's Absolutely. here to give us stuff, you know. Um, one thing that I've said uh, while streaming and talking to other people is that um, God's not a cosmic vending machine. He's yeah. not here to, you know. A lot of people go into prayer thinking it's asking for stuff. Um, some sometimes my prayer is just thank, being thankful, um, and which probably more of it should be, to be yeah. honest. Um, and this idea, I think Job uh, helps me in my understanding that that God's not here for me to be comfortable. He's here to, you know, uh, I think, I don't know who said it, but someone said that God cares a lot more about my character than he does my comfort. Right. Um, and that, to me, uh, I get that when I read Job too. So, yeah. So you, you read, fast forward the end of the book, yeah. Satan is merely a puppet in mm-hmm. the hands of 
a sovereign God. Yeah. But you look at Job, and people say, yeah, he got everything back. Well, he didn't get back his children he lost. Yeah, he, he got back different children, but he still lost yeah. but th- those but children. We have the sovereignty of God and the satisfaction that Job has in his God. Mm-hmm. He's satisfied. Yeah. Because a lot knows, of people, yeah. a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, we but, have a, that's a difficult, difficult time. Yeah, um, trying to because the first thing we do is because of our fallen nature, we do the we do the very thing that Adam and Eve did in the garden. The the blame game. We blame. Yeah. <laughs> we cast blame. Yeah, kind of not kind of a little off topic, Larry. Um, what is that? Uh, it was kind of like almost like a graphic novel put to animation. That we watched I mean, years ago on Job. What is that? That is that's something that was really really good. It's uh, John Piper did a um, he did the narration for the book of Job, and I believe it was Chris Coel who uh, did the animation. He he did one for the book of Revelation, uh, uh, animation all the way through the book of of Revelation as well. But uh, this is he's the artist and. And we'll put the link for that. Yeah, if that's available, that would be great yeah. to be able to put the link um, to that. At least the artist who did yeah. the narration and John Piper did the John Piper did the narration. Chris Coel did the animation for it. It's mm-hmm. really, really good. And John Piper really does bring out the the God of Sovereign aspect yeah. and and that this suffering um, was for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Which is another aspect we have a very difficult time yeah. grappling with. Um, we ask the wrong questions. I know this is kind of an off topic, but I've I've really have stood upon this as as uh, in my pastoral ministries trying to answer that question: Why do bad things happen mm-hmm. to good people? When I think we're actually asking the wrong question. We also have to remember who's doing the bad things, right? Yeah. Well, the right the the wrong <laughs> question is why. Is there a bad thing when the appropriate question is why do we have any good things? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I believe once we start focus on yeah. why the Lord, why we're allowed to have any beautiful things yeah. or good things, our focus changes. Yeah, the, the appropriate question is, do we deserve anything good? Mm-hmm. Who's good? Yeah, <laughs> no, none. Why? Why <laughs> does God owe us good things? Yeah, yeah and right. of course the answer to that is He doesn't. No. <laughs> All right. So, any uh, any wrap up uh, on the idea of Lucifer or Satan? I think one like like we did earlier, we uh, we added in like what angels are not, and I think one good thing would be to do the exact same thing with Satan or mm-hmm. Lucifer. Um, I think many people, uh, I know for certain, me and growing up when I was young, I always saw. I don't know if it was from Hollywood movies or if it was. I mean, but I always had the picture of. A guy in a red suit with a pitchfork and a red tail, um, and that is not biblical whatsoever. I, I think one thing that more currently that I see um, with colleagues and people I discuss with is um, I think they will bring up uh, Lucifer to be e- almost equal or slightly less mm. than equal with God, as if they're in this big battle, yeah. Yeah. and that's that that is not biblical whatsoever either mm. um this idea that he's the ruler of hell um is not is not accurate either uh you know i i think a lot of people forget that um 
that Satan is also afraid of the lake of fire. I yeah, mean, he's he, terrified. Hell was created for, <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Satan. Not, he's yeah. not in yeah. hell. Yeah. 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 Um, I see comics all the time of this, like, I'm typically just trying to bring humor, but, like, I, I hope people don't realize that they're not calling each other up on their little phones, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. Like, I've seen multiple comics like yeah, that. Yeah, and there's, like, I, I, I know I've heard just tons of, you know, you hear jokes about about people and yeah. uh, when they went to hell and Satan gave them their punishment in hell. Yeah. And, you know, no, that's just not it's biblical. Not true. That's, no. Satan is He's there to punished. be punished as yeah. well, yeah. 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 Yeah, well, he's in the Bible. Satan is called the prince and power of the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not the prince and power of hell. Yeah. Um, he's not there. And a lot of this pitchfork and horns and pointy tail comes from you know medieval mm-hmm. uh, literature. You know, yeah. I think of um, Milton's Paradise, Paradiso. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you think of those. Yeah, those. and I, I do too. Think like. Maybe some of it just comes from, you know, we think of like Armageddon and the end times and think of it as warfare. And when you think of warfare, you tend to think of two sides fighting against each other. And really the end times and and, and all of that is really just the destruction of of the evil one and evil Mm -hmm. things, not necessarily they're fighting back. They're they're being annihilated and destroyed. But I think just because of our modern... And really, not just modern, but historical understanding of warfare. You have two sides waging war at each yeah. other, and one of them's going to be victorious after a long, uh, close battle, if yeah. you will. The, and the that's, rocky scenario. Yeah, that's the, not not what yeah. what will happen in the end times. And we just kind of have to let go of our understanding of how war op, how war works and operates. Yeah. Um, it's, and, and the the Armageddon end time mm-hmm. will not be that way. Yeah, that's that's something I had to to work through as well. Because like I've had, there would be times where I, I've or these people I've discussed with where they'll kind of pass pass all blame over when it comes to like the way things are in their life. They'll all pass pass blame, and then I, I have to ask the question. Well, part of it, I mean, if he's the the deceiver. Then who you're the person who gave into the lie? Yeah, the devil made me do it. Yeah, that's what you're talking about later yeah. Now. Um, and like, yeah. yeah, I mean, to some extent, I, I, he has some, uh, you know, power, but it's only in to be able to deceive us. Yep. You know, um, it's, and if you compare him to to God in any extent, it's not even a com- comparison. It's a yeah. like you said, it's a complete. I mean, yeah. <laughs> annihilate, annihilation of you know. Um, I think that to me is probably the more, I guess I would say Americanized today is that it's this like one v one type yeah, battle, and it, and and it makes for a good movie. Yeah, makes for you know yeah a good uh, on screen portrayal, if you mm-hmm. will. Yeah. So. Then I think about like when uh, with uh, the story in the Bible of uh, Jesus uh, and Legion. And I, yeah. to me, that's like to me. I think I like sharing that with people who have that that type of yeah. worldview mm-hmm. when it comes to Satan, of like, you know. And it's like, well, look at him, like the begging, yeah, of like yeah. just like with Jesus. To me, it's like that's that's what when he comes back, it's going to be like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. What what Satan and the demons are not, they are not 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Grohl painted red with horns, mm-hmm. stopping Jack Black from singing a song. You know, that's not <laughs> yeah. not what they are. Yeah. But that's what they're portrayed yeah. as in our mind because there's so many things yeah. over uh, over the course of history, or, or at least modern history, portraying them as mm-hmm. that little cartoon. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody slides down this long slide in hell, and, yeah. and they're sitting with a pitchfork and a big bubbling cauldron of lava. Yeah. And not even that, just yep. more like demons are little Satans with pitchforks. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, uh, yeah. 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 Or the, the shoulder joke that goes, that mm-hmm. many movies have done of yeah. like the, yeah. the angel and the demon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that goes with uh, also talking about fallen angels is too that would be what we would consider demonic or in the bible is, is full of those accounts that talk about um a third of heaven mm-hmm. uh, fallen with lucifer and uh, so that we we would not call those angels anymore they're fallen angels yeah and um demonic uh demonic forces yeah uh, which are real mm-hmm. um and, and jason read earlier through uh, through Ephesians that speak of that spiritual wickedness in high places. All right. So thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, Caffeinated Theology, episode number seven. Uh, angels, demons, uh, supernatural mm-hmm. uh, in that in that regard. Yeah. Uh, so Jason, tell us a little bit about Anchor Coffee, and uh, we'll give a, a a good review, um, honest review over. How it tasted. Yeah, Anchor Coffee, again, is from North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Uh, coffee house there. I know uh, one of our uh, uh, members here at Piney Grove, her son, uh, lives up that way, and I have seen him and uh, and his sons before post stuff from Anchor Coffee, um, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, I had already known about Anchor through my friend Gary, and then I saw those guys posting about it. So they love Anchor Coffee as well. This uh, this particular uh, bean that we uh, that we are reviewing today uh, was roasted on uh, March seventeenth. One thing that Anchor does, and I don't know if this will show up on the camera from here, um, but right here you can see maybe some writing that says uh, three seventeen. So they put on the bag the date that it was roasted uh, so we we did this this uh, particular podcast today uh, we are recording on the 22nd of march so this is a right at about five days um, after roasting so it's very fresh and uh, um, i enjoyed it i i had a cup of it yesterday through the aero press and it was very good and today we did it through the uh um, stovetop vacuum siphon brewer, which again was good. That stovetop one made me a little nervous, um, <laughs> being made out of glass and, and seeing that uh, burner get cherry red. I stood back from it a little bit, but it worked great. Yeah, this, yeah. and uh, um, tasted good. I definitely noticed the uh, the the black tea um, yeah. hints uh, yeah. in in this particular bean. Um, it said uh, I think sour cherry, blueberry, and black tea. Um, the tea really came through. I could taste a bit of that cherry as well. Uh, and a, a very good, uh, um, nice dry bean. And uh, I enjoyed it. I definitely would give it um, right at a, a five out of five beans on mine. This is probably my favorite one that we've brewed. Um, right up there alongside of the Jake roast that we roasted ourselves. Um, you know, the Jake roast had had more of a... Uh, 
a nutty flavor to it, and I, I really liked it as well. Mm-hmm. This is a completely different um, flavor palette, but um, as far as what we've reviewed so far, this is probably um, one of my favorites. Right. Yeah, so, you know, we we don't consider ourselves professionals by any <laughs> means yeah uh, we had to we had to google how to uh, how to say yeah. this uh, uh koki and i think that's how we pronounce it but uh it's, a, it's a, ethiopian yurgachev but yeah you know. and uh, so I, I give it a 4.5 close to close to five uh when the tones that i picked up was um maybe maybe i have a bad palate or whatever but it was a almost a bubble gummy mm-hmm. type um uh tone to it it maybe had tones from the cherry in yeah. there but it very very fruity um, yeah. which uh is is kind of synonymous with the ethiopian uh beans uh, but a 4.5 for me um uh, i would definitely recommend anchor coffee company mm-hmm. how about you lord i've i picked up more on the the tea and i'm i like tea i've already i already drink tea so i i like this one better than many of the ones we've done before um i do kind of understand what you're talking about like the bubble gum flavor um kind of like that that sweet aftertaste in a way it's like almost like a fruit yeah um and so i actually really liked it um i did uh, i had some uh was a creamer with it and Mm -hmm. so um i've i think previously i've only done just straight uh without creamer i think only one time I'd probably, I'd probably agree with like 4.5, maybe 4, just to leave because I like to, I don't want to give a 5 and, you know, and then find one I like more just because of how new I am to coffee drinking. So you said that before, Lloyd, and it makes me uh, think, you know, if you ever become a professor, um, if I were to go back to school, I probably wouldn't take a class under you because you would never give an A. You'd be that guy, wouldn't you? You'd be the guy who nobody deserves an A. I want to leave yeah. room for a better student. So, yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, uh, one thing I really like about Anchor, um, Anchor, if you are you know unsure which bean you want to order from them, uh, one thing that they offer is a a small pack of whole bean. I think it's three ounces maybe. Um, I may be wrong on the ounce there, but it's it's enough where you can brew just a couple of cups of it and and figure out what you like instead of ordering a full bag. Because, you know, as we talked about, you know, last week we reviewed uh, the Dunkin' Medium Whole Bean just because um, these premium beans are really, um, for most people, not practical to have for your all-the-time cup of coffee. They they can be a little bit pricey, um, more of a kind of, of a, a special um, special occasion or, or every now and again cup. Um, so it's good. That's, that's a good thing that they offer is being able to sample uh, their whole beans. And Gary told me when, when, I, when I had told him we ordered the Ethiopian, he said, well, I know, you, I know you're going to get a good coffee out of that Ethiopian. It is always um, on point. And it really, it really is. It's, it's a great bean. Um, I ordered another one, um, which we may review um, coming up. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head which one it was. Um, it may have been the Captain. I can't remember. That's kind of their signature uh, signature blend. But uh, we we will review that one coming up as well. Uh, but as for today, the Ethiopian, I give it a five out of five. Larry's four and a half out of five. Lloyd is four out of five because mm-hmm. he don't give anybody an A. <laughs> um, but it was a good, good, enjoyable coffee. And we'll definitely be ordering uh, – Anchor Coffee, um, some more for my personal um, 
coffee drinking. All right. Well, next week we're going to attempt to roast some of our own beans with a, a, <laughs> a pastor roast, uh, uh, pastor blend. We're going to try that next uh, next week, uh, Lord willing. Uh, next week's topic is continuing the study on the character of God, um, agents of God, uh, being humankind. All right. Stay tuned for a few stories that uh, that we're going to share about some of um, the encounters that we have had or that we have heard of concerning um, visitation from uh, angels or otherwise. Thank you for joining us, and we hope today's discussion has encouraged and challenged you. Please join us again next week as we discuss biblical truths over a fine cup of coffee. Well, Pastor, you mentioned uh, you know talking about telling some stories of different things we've heard or maybe experienced ourselves. And uh, just to kind of give a little disclaimer, um, we are not definitively saying that these stories are stories of angels or demons. And we really, that's just something we really can't, uh, can't tell and can't know for sure. Um, and I do think that, you know, sometimes uh, people, um, people kind of tend to want to, to seek to add to or add experiences to, yeah. um, to life to give more credence and credibility to um, biblical truths. And, and we know that um, the word and the, and the word itself is is enough, and it's all we need to have a confidence and faith mm-hmm. in Christ. Um, but you know, through going through this uh, talk today and this discussion, um, I think it's pretty evident that angels and, and demons are still active. God still uses them, mm-hmm. and that being said, uh, uh, if if they still interact, then, then there would be some some stories that people may would yeah. have. Um, and we just kind of want to share a few of those today, um, some stuff we've experienced personally, um, and also um, stories we've heard from from other people. And uh, and I have a friend, we, we have a mutual friend who has a pretty good story. I don't know if we'll be able to get it included. Um, I'm going to send him a text and, and maybe see if he'll record um, himself talking about that, and if he will, we'll add it. And if not, then I'll trim this right off, and you won't even hear that part. Um, but uh, if so, it'll be on here. And uh, we'll start out uh, just telling some personal stories. I know for myself, um, you know, I think maybe sometimes, and I don't know if if angels do this, but God certainly protects us. His provision, um, I think, more often than we would ever know, um, protect us uh, from physical harm and danger. Um, One particular time I think of in my life um, was as a teenager, uh, we used to love to ride four-wheelers um, with the guys in our neighborhood uh, where I grew up. Uh, we had a nice little neighborhood, but surrounding the neighborhood was woods and fields and um, a lot of a rural area. And one of the things that, that happened when uh, we were in late middle school and early high school was uh, – they started to expand and, and build, really build a big bypass on the highway that ran right on the edge of um, that rural rural area, went right through the woods and across some of the fields. And when they flattened that all out, uh, they made this really big uh, retention pond, uh, really where they took a lot, of, got a lot of the dirt for building the overpass and all of that. And there were paths all around it, and there was 
constantly muddy. It was a perfect place for riding a four-wheeler. And we would ride the four-wheelers through there, tearing up and sliding and skidding and, you know, doing teenager things, taking risks <laughs> that probably we shouldn't have taken. And I distinctly mm-hmm. remember one time it was freezing cold. Um, I remember being bundled up and riding the four-wheeler as fast as it would go to this curve where we would always kind of hit and skid and slide through. And um, because it was so cold that day, it was a little icy. And most of the muddy spots when we would hit the ice, we would it would dig right through the ice and bust the ice, and we'd still get to slide and skid just like normal. But I remember one that I hit, I slid a bit too far, and the edge where it was, it was a, a big drop-off. I mean, it was probably 20 feet down um, to the bottom where, where they had been digging out. And I slid, and I remember literally looking down. It went over or close enough where I could look and see the bottom. And then just all of a sudden, it was like I was over uh, up on the on the ledge safe, and I should have been falling down. Now, was that an angel or God's providence uh, keeping me safe? I don't know, but I distinctly remember at least thinking, whoa, I, I should have fallen there. I should have mm-hmm. been hurt uh, pretty badly, and uh, for some reason, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's a personal story. I don't know that that was an angel or anything like that, but at least it was a time in my life where I was aware that I should have been hurt, and for some reason I wasn't, and I was thanking God that I was not hurt. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, cool. That's a really just a reminder of, you know, mm-hmm. God's providence. Um, Lloyd, do you have any personal stories? I mean, probably not as... Uh, as far as like safety goes, but it's like I've had um, personal like moments where I, I, you know, just don't really have words to describe, you know, something supernatural, I guess you could say, um, where I've had uh, people where I've talked to them online. And um, I think I've mentioned a little bit before we started, uh, I had one guy and uh, I've, you know, in the discord and he asked, you know, asking questions about, you know, what is, was that like to be possessed? And, you know, and eventually after we talked for a little bit, he, he was worried that, uh, he had saw a video and then through that video, he'd become possessed. I was like, well, I need to, I need to talk to this person and, you know, break down to get, cause he was obviously very upset and concerned. Um, and he said that he'd been watching TikToks that of like, uh, weird, like satanic ritual type stuff. And, um, I, I didn't learn that until after he had, you know, answered the call, but I do remember this feeling of like caution, uh, that I can't really explain. Uh, as soon as I, as soon as I heard him speak, it was this like, whoa, you know, something like, it's like I walked into a different, room almost in a way, um, talking with him. And I immediately, uh, my Bible was right beside me on the desk. I grabbed it and just kind of had it holding it. And, uh, and I told him, I was like, I think you need to, you need to fast from social media for a little bit and you probably need to get into God's word. Um, it was obvious that, uh, I don't, he didn't probably have much background and stuff, but I told him to, um, 
because like it was it was it was weird for me because it was mm-hmm. texting with just texting him just over the uh, like in DMs about the situation. It was fine, and then it's but as soon as I heard his voice, as soon as he answered the call, um, and he's like, "Hello," I was like that caution came over me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more I talked to him, there's like part of me was like, I don't want to hang up on him and just leave him. But part of me was just like, I need to get, I need to get off the phone. Something's not right. And I told him, he's like, you know, and I've, I've, uh, it's been a while since I've, uh, talked to him. This was about probably November or December of this past year. Um, but, uh, he, I mean, he fasted for about two weeks and said he felt much better. But I mean, other than that, that's probably the only thing I don't really have personal encounter I can think of where I just don't really have, can't really describe it. You know, just this other, you know, yeah. yeah. Discernment. Yeah. Yeah, Just like this, like, yeah, just like I knew something was up and, um, I've had people similar stories like that, but they're basically about the same thing Mm -hmm. of this. Just like, as soon as you talk to them, you're like, something's not right here. Something's off. So. I think there's been cases of that where, you know, just could put your finger on something, yeah. just know something's wrong, something's mm-hmm. off, right? Yeah. Lord, Lord giving us discernment there for sure. Yeah, I can't, yeah, one, one other similar, I won't name this person because it could get me in trouble, um, <laughs> but, um, which, and I, I had to be careful with the details because then people will find out, but um, there was one person that, um, I'm, I'm one of those people that I try not to, judge judge a book by its cover by any means um because you know you know like scripture says it's what comes out of a person that uh you know so um but at first you know so at first glance i ignored some of those calls i had that same type of feeling of this like something's not quite right and i've had one time where uh the offer to hang out with someone um and that discernment came and I followed the advice that I had that I got from that and, and distanced myself. And it found, found out later that that person had harmed people to the point of being convicted for murder. So that was, that was, uh, when I heard that on the news, I was like, Whoa. Mm. <laughs> um, so wow. that was, you know, and it was about the same feeling. It was a little bit different with the, the online encounter, but it was, it was a familiar in a way. Yeah. Um, it's always been familiar where it's just like, Hey, watch out, you know, be careful. Um, so. Well, um, I have a story that really comes from, um, my grandfather. I'll go ahead and share uh, from him. Uh, He's gone on to be with the Lord now, but my grandfather was a preacher, uh, pastor, small church, out in the country, and he um, he shared this story about an encounter with um, a being that he believes was an angel. Mm-hmm. And again, we 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 want to press everything we say yeah. up against scripture. Yeah, of course. And so, um, and so the the story goes uh, that he that he has told has been um, he and my my aunt uh, went to a restaurant and this restaurant was about to close and uh, they went and pulled on the door and 
you know, and they were right at closing. I mean, just literally locked the door. And, and they let them in to, uh, to go ahead and place their meal. And when they went in, there was a person that was already in there. A man was in the store already uh, waiting, for his, waiting for his order to, to get finished. And uh, he had on really nice pressed clothes, real ironed. Uh, you know, you can probably stand a dime on the crease, you know, in the, in the pants. They were they were just really nice and clean and pressed and and uh, they began to conversate, um, but before they did, before they got began to talk, the man looked at my grandfather and did this kind of uh, curtsy kind of greeting, um, mm. kind of bowing and uh, it's hard to describe it, almost like a peace begin to you kind of <laughs> motion. That's what I get from it, and um, and then didn't really say anything to him but was talking with my aunt and, you know, said he was a truck driver driving around. So well, what do you do? He said, well, uh, collect souls, which I thought, you know, as he told me that I'm just kind of like, well, this is very odd for him to say yeah. something like that. And they didn't think nothing of it. It kind of creeped him out a little bit. But then they went out the door right behind him. And as he turned the corner, uh, he said that the man was, had almost, disappeared vanished was gone they couldn't find him didn't see any truck didn't see any man and my grandfather did well before he you know before he died he still said that this was an encounter with an angel um, and was served as a warning uh, because really the warning was i think directed to my aunt which about two weeks later um, mm -hmm. got in a, a car accident and it took her, and she died from it two mm -hmm. weeks after that event. Wow. Um, now, again, um, I trust my grandfather, um, and I, I trusted that he, what he said was what he believed to be a true account. Um, mm -hmm. And we press it up against Scripture. It certainly could have been a warning. Mm -hmm. You know, it could have been a warning. Yeah. So, another story that I've heard. Um, <clears throat> A uh, good friend of ours uh, was my uh, student pastor growing up, uh, Mike Scott, um, has done several um, mission trips to India. Mm, I think I know this and, one. And um, yeah. after one of the trips, I remember he called me. He hadn't been home very long and told me about uh, an experience with a possessed person that uh, they had over there in India. Mm -hmm. um, they went to one of the villages <clears throat> where they were preaching, and this lady showed up, and he said that the missionary said, oh, this this lady is possessed. Um, she shows up, and there's no telling what's going to happen. Um, it said whenever the preaching starts, she'll just be extremely disruptive, um, but very unpredictable. And Mike said that uh, this particular time, you know, the preaching started, and she was just uh, screaming and, and hollering and um, convulsing and passing out. And so she actually levitated off the ground. I mean, he, he said, I saw this with my own eyes. Matter mm -hmm. of fact, I think he may have had a video he had, on his yeah. phone. Because he was um, the yeah. either the first or second time that I met. Um, we It was after either 
I think it was Annabelle. Yeah, he came and preached <laughs> revival. It was after we, Annabelle. yeah, we went out. Yeah. Uh, I guess it was kind of like a little guys trip, if I remember yeah. correctly. We were at a, it was either a hop waffle, or Waffle House. house. Yeah. And um, and he talked me. Yeah, the BlackBerry video or he BlackBerry had phone, BlackBerry yeah, phone with the yeah. video and stuff. And he told a story about. Um, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I, if I remember correctly, it was after they were praying for. Her. Yeah, and she stood up, but then you see her feet. Yeah, touch yeah, the, she stood up. Yeah, and then her feet go up, but she stays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, Whoa. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that so. one, I said that got me worse than the movie did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we knew the movie was fake. So. Yeah, I knew the movie <laughs> was fake. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, that was one story. Also, you know, as far as like maybe a demonic story again. Um, another friend of mine. I'm not going to mention his name, um, but I remember him telling me. The house that his mom grew up in, they always kind of had some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them in particular that he vividly remembered from his childhood was being out, being in the house and his granddad saying, hey, spirit, turn the fan. And the ceiling fan would just on its own mm-hmm. turn. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, again, this is secondhand stories. Yeah. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of times these things get embellished, but mm-hmm. – uh, it is stories that we've heard from people and people that I, I consider credible people. Um, I think at that yeah. moment, I'll be like, Spirit, make me a ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to turn the fan, might as well give me something to eat while you're up. Go to, go to McDonald's, bring me some chicken nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're going to stay here, you can pay the bills. That's right. And he, I remember him saying uh, his mama, growing up in that house, uh, one night like having this overwhelming like feeling of uh oppression like something sitting on her and she literally says she literally felt something sit down on her bed um you know just stories that don't know know you know how much credence to put into those things Mm -hmm. but uh -hmm. definitely like i said I, i consider this guy a credible person as a matter of fact he's on the mission field um right now so uh um just, just another story that I heard. Right. Another one um, that I'll share, and I'll be. This will be kind of exhaust my stories. Um, a guy I worked for in college. Um, he told me a story of when he was in college. Um, he, him, and one other guy were the only two believers that were um, at least on his hallway in his dorm. And a friend of theirs, a mutual friend of theirs, um, was going down a road into some really, really dark stuff and they were super concerned for him and uh, just one night they were you know in his dorm hanging out and just you know had the overwhelming uh um, desire to just really fervently pray for their friend and he said they they spent like a good hour on their knees just uh crying out to god over their friend Mm -hmm. and he said he woke up in the middle of the night and there was a being a, a person in the corner he said it was just, just like this beautiful, uh, like great warrior looking man with a giant sword on his side and um, told him that, you know, not to worry over his friend, um, that the Lord was at work. And he said in about two weeks, his friend came out of that, uh, that mm-hmm. darkness. Um, and mm. uh, eventually, I, I believe, I may be wrong on this, um, I believe he said that eventually down the road that friend came to Christ. But, uh you know, he said he can vividly remember that that 
that dream, if you will. And he, and he yeah. even said, I don't know if it was an angel, but I do know that my friend came out of that in two weeks. And uh, mm-hmm. that, that was a, I, I, that's a story. I'll never forget him telling me that. You know, when somebody tells you a story um, and you can see it in their face, that it had what what they're telling you it had an, a profound mm-hmm. impact on their life. Yeah. I remember I remember getting that from him when he told me that story. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, those are certainly certainly interesting, mm-hmm. and um, you know we probably have a lot more that we could share, um, but that might be another podcast for another day. <laughs> uh, we certainly. Uh, want to press everything up against Scripture. Yeah. Um, you know, as Jason read earlier, Ephesians six twelve. we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Mm-hmm. And somebody once asked me if I believe in, in ghosts, and um, my short answer to that is no, but I do believe in angels and demons. And so... Um, yeah, certainly, certainly something mm-hmm. to be said about about that. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Being man, me and Lloyd have, and I have with other students of mine. Um, I, I certainly would not discredit someone who says they've seen something, seen a ghost, or anything like that. But what I would say is, uh, the deceiver is exactly what he is. He wants to deceive, yeah. and uh, maybe sometimes the things people see and hear or demonic um, to bring to draw them away from mm-hmm. the truth mm-hmm. and I do not believe you're going to see the ghost of your grandma no um, that's just not yeah. biblical um, but I would not discredit uh, a de- demonic action or force yeah. posing as grandma yeah, yeah. Um, I so, think the reason I'd yeah. be so certain to say like to agree would say that I don't believe in ghosts is that uh, <clears throat> ghosts is like implies once human yeah um and i just i just don't agree yeah. like you get into like the movies like kind of like with annabelle and yeah. those types of hollywood very hollywood like movies yeah. um of all all the which the the beings are you know p- taking over their house that they used to live in and that kind of thing like that i don't right. i just don't believe in that but at the same time we there is something at, right. at work uh, yeah. so yeah Well, cool. Those are just a few stories we wanted to share. Hope you enjoyed those. Uh, Next uh, Caffeinated Theology episode uh, will be on the nature of man. So join us for that.